We have almost forgotten that we are in a great mortal combat. The battle of the forces of good and the forces of evil. Today we are beginning either to domesticate the devil or else to deny him. God's definition of himself is I am who am. The devil's definition of himself is I am who am not. He is most powerful when he is denied. Welcome to Wednesday War College. My name is Jesse Romero. We got Dr. Dan Schneider. And we've got a show today that's very practical. A lot of things that are happening in the culture. And it just goes to show you that there's always a battle between good and evil. Everything in life is basically spiritual warfare. As you're going to see by some of the things we're going to point out today. Our society has has certainly changed in the last, uh, I would say since the 60s. It's become a lot more permissive, and we're going to talk about some of the permissive things that have happened that have affected our society in in a negative manner. Dan, welcome to the show, brother. Glad you're on. Uh, Hey, it's great. Great to be here again, Jess. Thanks for always, as always, the Virgin Most Powerful, my good friend Jess and everybody there uh, for having us. Happy uh, feast day of St. Henry, uh, patron saint of all uh, Benedictine Oblates. A good example for us to uh, to follow in our lives how to how to use our anything we have our you know our position our 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 finances etc to further the kingdom of god build monasteries support those uh, apostolates like virgin most powerful radio uh good faithful monasteries uh parishes priests and etc apostolates that are very faithful uh and, and and militating against evil and trying to bring about the kingdom of god saint henry did all this as as king uh um so anyway so just a shout out to all my brother benedict and oblates today saint henry pray for us Hey Dan, something happened a couple of days ago. It made it made the headlines all over. There are these guide stones in Georgia that were demolished uh, by an explosion on an early morning. Let me share some of the salient points of this article. It says the Georgia guide stones, a mysterious granite monument, was demolished Wednesday evening following an explosion earlier in the morning. That destroyed a portion of the statue. The monolith panels located 90 miles east of Atlanta were vandalized by an explosion around 4 a.m. Wednesday morning, according to investigators. A large portion of the structure was destroyed when authorities arrived on the scene. And so what ended up, what ended up happening, I guess they, uh, the city ended up demolishing the rest of the structure for, safe, for safety reasons. The, uh, yeah, yeah. For, the, for record, Jess, you and I were... Uh... Not near that location. We were on our podcast at that time. That's we were nowhere near the, yeah, for the record, we just want to get that out there. In case uh, the Biden administration wants to send uh, search warrants to our house, we were nowhere near Georgia. Yeah. Now, don't get me wrong. Um, I kind of I kind of chuckled when I found out. Uh, because what I do know about these guidestones is they were erected right around... 1980 and they were erected uh, according to different articles that you read by the Freemasons these are Masonic Guidestone and they have the, like the Ten Commandments for the Masons 
Commandment number one, which I've seen it because I've, I've looked at pictures of these guide stones and read all the commandments on them. But commandment number one of the Masons that were on these guide stones says, quote, maintain humanity under 500 million people in perpetual balance with nature, close quote. Uh, th- this is completely in line with the World Economic Forum, the whole Great Reset. We've got to depopulate the planet. Uh, here's what the former governor, the, the former gubernatorial candidate, Candace Taylor, she tweeted on a Wednesday morning. She said this, quote, God is all by himself. He can do anything he wants to do. That includes striking down satanic guidestones. So when you look at a lot of the comments, a lot of people think, yeah, this was an act of God. You know, like when you go to the doctor and you have to sign, hey, uh, you know, you're not going to hold us responsible if this, this, that happens, or an act of God. A lot of people believe that this was an act of God. Uh, how do you feel about these guidestones being blown up, Dan? Yeah, yeah, it's pretty interesting. I just read about them not long ago. I'd heard about them um, before the before this happened, before the, the explosion. I, I, it, you know, and then they signed it R.C. Catholic or R.C. Christian is the, 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 the signature they put on there. So whatever that is. Um, one of the things I would I would say is that the, um, the, the, these principles put forth by by uh, the Freemasonry um, and the New World Order, uh, World Economic Forum, the whole idea of the Great Reset. These are not satanic. Uh, technically speaking, these are Luciferian. These are constructs that are Luciferian in nature and not and not satanic in nature, mm. per se. Just to be clear, um, so Luciferian constructs is built on the brotherhood of man, the, the demolition of religion. Um, uh, the, the, the basic undercurrent of, of Freemasonry is against cross and crown. At one level, uh, you pass through the ranks of free, the Freemasonic different ranks and degrees. You, there's a there's one one particular ritual that you stomp on the papal a paper a symbol of the papal crown as your complete rejection of Roman Catholicism. Um, in this brotherhood of man, all religions are rejected and any and all are accepted except for Roman Catholicism. Wow. Um, no religion is superior to another and it sets itself humanistic, Luciferian construct alternative to Roman Catholicism until you reach the 33rd degrees. And this comes firsthand from those who have been there uh, um, over the years. In the 33rd degree, they all, they all profess belief in the, the, the great architect of the universe. We can't agree on who that is. So let's not go down and argue about who the great architect. We know that there's a supreme being out there that we all agree is out there. Let's not get into the details of religion, although they get very detailed in their, their religious cult and the work that in, in the, their various rituals they perform. But at that 33rd degree, is, is, it is revealed that the, the great architect of the universe is Lucifer. So, wow. so it is very Luciferian, not only in that the great architect of the universe is Lucifer, but also in that uh, um, these constructs are Luciferian. The elevation of, of man, uh, this is Babel all over again. Let us create a tower um, with our one language and let us go upwards and, and displace God uh, from his throne. So this is basically what it is. And we, and we see this again. You want to understand Luciferian, um, Luciferian, humanistic uh, worldly view of the politics. Read read uh, Saul Alinsky's Rules for Radicals. This this is a book that was that was um, studied by our, our former President Obama, Hillary Clinton. They all did deep dive research on this and put these principles. The first 
the first overtly to put these principles into pra practice. So Saul Alinsky tactics, the, the, Saul Alinsky uh, um, was, 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 again, an atheist of some sort. Um, he dedicated his book to Lucifer, the first radical, again, against cross and crown, rejection of all authority. If there is no hierarchy of authority, whether that be a hierarchos, a holy or priestly authority of the church, or a hierarchical structure in the government, uh, um, what what is what what is the resulting is is anarchy before the reconstruction begins in their own their again humanistic worldview. Dan, so what I I take it that you have no problem that these uh, guidestones were demolished. You didn't lose any sleep. No, no, I, I really wasn't. I, I didn't wear a black armband, and I wasn't really upset about it. Um, I, I, it's one thing to destroy the the constructs, uh, uh, physical constructs. Now we got We got to start to do that um, in the intellect and understanding of Catholics, so they can see, and all Christians can see what we're up against. Exactly the 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 forces that have aligned against against us as 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 Christians, specifically as Catholics. Dan but yeah, so I, I didn't lose any sleep over it that night. I read the article and I thought, oh, that's interesting. Yeah. <laughs> you know, let's just say, okay, A or B, it was either a human person that that obviously knows that Freemasonry is evil or it's an act of God. If it was an act of God, uh, that's uh, that's good for all of us. That, that means God is, uh, you know, he, he's, uh, he gave us a little consolation. Okay, just say yeah, yeah. That, that was a little candy, a little spiritual consolation. If it was a, you know, some well-meaning Catholic or Protestant Christian, which it probably was, um, in in my opinion, he did what some of these great Old Testament kings did when they saw the Israelites worshiping uh, statues of false gods on the hills. I forget which kings they were, but there were a series of kings that went and destroyed these statues. I think yeah. uh, I think whoever did this yeah. followed in the footsteps of some of the greatest Israelite kings. What say you? Yeah, this is this is straight out of uh, you know the prophet Elijah's playbook. You know. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, this is this is the way. Again, we, we're moving from type to reality, from 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 letter to spirit. But we need to see we need to see these things for the symbolism that they are and. More importantly, see the root behind them, the evil that is behind them, and these constructs that militate, com militate completely against the Catholic understanding of the triune God, the Catholic understanding of the authority of the church, the voice of Christ, the other Christ, uh, the priest as altar Christus, the church as the total, what St. Augustine calls the totus, the totus corpus, the whole body of Christ, head and body united, heaven and earth, uh, uh, purgatory, the church militant, the church suffering. The, the church triumphant in heaven, understanding this, going back to because this is the way the demon sees the world. He sees the world very much in these terms. And so we need to start coming up. We need to start re reestablishing and renewing our our mystical understanding of the church, the sacraments. If you do the office of readings and if you're doing spiritual combat, you should be doing readings every morning. We're going through in the second reading, the church is bringing us through the, 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 the mystical, the mystagogy of St. Ambrose. This is amazing stuff, how he shows how these prefigured, you know, Noah, prefigured baptism, that's what St. Peter says, the water that went into the wood, and, and the wood that went into the water and purified the water so that it became now life-giving. These are all symbols of, of baptism uh, and the regeneration of the waters of baptism, Un re rediscovering that mystical view of, of the world, of the scriptures, of the event of Christ. This is very critical for us to understand if you want to start doing spiritual combat. Wednesday War College, Dan Schneider, Jess Romero. We're going to talk next about witches and warlocks in the Supreme Court. 
There seems to be a surge in this activity. Why is that? We'll get into it. Stick around. Don't go anywhere. Get up, get up, get up, get up. Stand up for Jesus, stand up for Jesus. That's Revly to wake you guys up. Wednesday war call of Jess Romero, Dan Schneider. Dan, I've noticed in the last couple of years, it seems to me like witchcraft has surged in America. I mean, when I was a kid, uh, you know, sometimes people would dress up in my neighborhood in Halloween like a witch and they didn't walk around with a broom. People laughed, and you know we just thought it was funny. I think the the my old my youngest uh, images of a witch was when I would watch the series Bewitched when I was a kid. She's a pretty brown lady, so I mean I never thought my I gotta my, do is do the Tabitha thing, man. Just wiggle your nose. Yeah, but but notice what Hollywood did. They they put a, a you know pretty you know blonde lady. Uh, to to be a witch so i was trained all my life just by watching that that witches are harmless they look like you know what what, what i forget the actress's name but the point that i'm making here now they're out of the closet dan we're seeing now yeah, yeah. let me sh let me share some things from this article that are just it, they're just chilling that i want i want to just com want you to comment on it this article's written <clears throat> by somebody who works in the in uh in the Capitol, and he said that after the Supreme Court decision, look at look at the scenario that this person that was there paints. He says, surrounded by witches and warlocks, openly performing their dark craft. Our hmm. team has been on Capitol Hill praying over the High Court as it prepares to deliver its much anticipated ruling on abortion. Despite decades of pro-life work around the country. And at the U.S. Supreme Court, we've never witnessed such hostile and demonically inspired evil directed at the justices and the judicial system. Now, I'm going to agree with that. I've never seen anything so evil that, like we're seeing right now where a Supreme Court justice was hunted down for assassination. Uh, you got uh, anarchists in front of the Supreme Court's houses. Yeah. I've and then written this. off by the White House as this is just democracy. This is the way democracy looks like. Wow. Well, no, this is the way anarchy looks like. This is this is the way the, uh, the press secretary said this is what democracy looks like. Oh, well, for an anarchist, yeah. Unbelievable. Breakdown of democracy. We, Sorry to interrupt. Sorry no, no, interrupt. that's good. No, we got two different definitions of democracy. You're right, Dan. Right. Now, here, here's what it says that I want you to I want you to comment on this. On Sunday afternoon, some of the Washington, D.C.-based staff members participated in a prayer vigil, so this guy's a Christian, Catholic or Protestant, outside the Supreme Court building. Our staff members collectively have decades of experience in the district and in the fight to defend human life, but even all, even all those years of experience could not prepare us for what we witnessed lately. A small podium and two loudspeakers had been set up to allow the prayer vigil attendees to speak and play worship songs. But as prayer began, our staff and the intercessors were surrounded by darkness. 
black-robed men and women began arriving on the scene, screaming obscenities over the prayers, screams of blank your God and your religion began to fill the air. As the prayer team's <coughs> worship music continued, a pro-abortion demonstrator brought a, brought a wagon carrying a large boombox blaring satanic music and noise. Its volume increased to drown out the songs of praise. Nonetheless, the intercessors continued to pray. Peggy, one of our staff members who was in attendance, says the longer we prayed, the more anxious and agitated the Satanists became. The evil surrounding the intercessors did not want the word of God proclaimed. Women dressed like prostitutes began to arrive, leaving little of their exposed bodies to the imagination. They gleefully joined the melee of witches and warlocks had be, uh, that had begun. A woman walked right up to our podium and stood next to the pro-life speaker. Every time the pro-lifer spoke, the woman would scream unprintable curses into a megaphone pointed at the podium microphone. The pro-abortion crowd began cursing the justices, the people praying, and yes, vehemently cursing God himself. Repeatedly, the Satanists and pro-abortion protesters would interrupt and try to drown out the prayers. Dan, I'm just picturing this in my mind. This is one of the most evil confrontations I've ever seen in America. And this is the clear the clear line of demarcation between the children of God and the children of Satan. Yeah, it kind of get, gets you, paints a new light on, on the wow. Old Testament. And you begin to see these people just, we're fighting an ancient enemy. You're looking at um, these ancient ancient uh, paganism and, and satanic rituals coming back. Um, and not only coming back, but coming back out, you know, out, out, out and out in the open. I think, first of all, kudos to all the 40 Days for Lifers, all the all those street advocates all those those prayer warriors for the years, beginning with with uh, uh, Scheidler, um, my fellow Notre Dame alum, um, who passed away what a couple of years ago, yeah. uh, Dr. Scheidler in Scheidler and from Chicago, um, and and from them, all these other groups that have been militating and helping uh, provide alternatives for pregnant women, but also protesting and militating against evil directly. It shows you what we're up against. When we, you know, we've had a lot of pro-lifers come to us and say, how do we pray this prayer? What, what prayers do we use when we go out there? I think everybody that goes out on the corner and begins to militate against evil in the abortion clinics needs to read this article because this this is what's behind the scenes at that clinic. So you just have to you have to know that, uh, you know, like the like what the referee would tell you and me before before we before we touch gloves. What did he say? Protect yourself at all times. Keep mm. your hands up. Protect yourself at all times. If you're militating against this, what you're seeing, you're seeing the face of the evil behind the scenes that that is that is pushing forth abortion, and they're not even trying to hide it anymore. So, so kudos to all those guys out there that are that are out there saving babies and have worked tirelessly in our generation um, to 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 bring about what was brought about recently in, in the reversal of Roe v. Wade. Also, notice the music. Um, Praise and worship is fine, um, but if you really if you really want to to launch uh, this, these are these are the, the the cannons that come off the the, the warships. If you ever seen the, a warship fire, a shout out to all my Navy brothers. I'm an Army guy, but my brother was in the Navy, and all the all of our military brothers in the Navy. If you ever see the the firing of the big guns of a battleship, boom, boom, boom. It's impressive. 
Gregorian chant works in that way. You saw that you saw that at work when you when you organized the protest there in, in, in Scottsdale. Gregorian chant, the praise, not only the praise of God, but the liturgical praise of God that he has asked for in the office. So all the Gregorian chant comes to the office, the divine office. The, the, the music flows from that and towards that. And this chant by monks, by virginal consecrated monks and nuns, praising God, echoing the chant of the angels before the throne of God. Believe me, the demon knows the difference. Many times I've sat doing intakes with 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 cases who come to come to the, the church or the society for help. I constantly have Gregorian chant on low level and and uh, at all times. And I'll hear, I'll hear the person will say, can you please turn your radio, you turn your music off? And I, I'm like, I don't, I don't know what you're talking about. I'm not like cranking ACDC or anything. What are you talking about? Right. Turn your music off. It's making something in me is very angry. I, please turn that music off. You know, so, so I'll, I'll just go, oh, you mean this? And I'll just say, oh, you mean this music? No, no, I'm not turning it off. So. So the, the chant, the music, the demon traffics in the senses, right? Going back to, all the way to the beginning, St. Irenaeus, second century uh, church, of, uh, one of the early church fathers, what God has not assumed, what God has assumed he's redeemed, or what he has not assumed he has not redeemed. God has assumed our senses, the human senses, when he became incarnate. So, so you see the way they're militating. They're using sight, sound, curses, right? All this is a complete and total diabolic inversion of true religion. It, what tells me is that these are probably some well-intentioned Protestant, uh, you know, evangelicals, you know, fellow travelers, people of goodwill, because it says they're doing, you know, praise and worship. Uh, again, they don't know what you just said. Had, had there had some Catholics there that were well-formed, they would have said, hey, let's try some of our, uh, you know, 1,600-year-old Gregorian chant that comes back, goes yeah, back yeah. to Pope Gregory the Great. Uh, let's let's give them a little taste of yeah, I like medicine. Jesus culture. Yeah, Jesus culture is good stuff. But uh, I've got I've got one I, I've got one called the Tadeum. Yeah, yeah. Let's go old yeah. school. I, I've this. seen I've seen the Tadeum <laughs> unfold in action. You know what I mean? You got the two minutes. Explain it. Prayer. You got two minutes. Explain what the Tadeum prayer is. Is again, it's 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 one of the prayers prayed. Uh, we pray it in the office of readings on Sunday morning. Um, it's uh, on every Sunday and feast day, every memorial, every big liturgical feast day. And what this is, um, um, it's it's the chanting of the angels, starting at the highest angels through the different choirs, praising God before the throne. And so the monks, if you picture monastic life, now this isn't just my my understanding. This is Dionysus the the uh, from Saint Dionysus, his book on the ecclesial and the celestial hierarchies. It's almost like watching a spider do a push up on a mirror. You see the celestial, the, the 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 angelic worship of the angels and saints in heaven, and then and then you see the, the the on the down here you see the monastic chanting of the church. You got the choirs moving upward, in a in a holy hierarchy. You see the chant going up, coming back down with the blessings in in the beatific vision. So too in the monastic life, and this monastic chant is part of that. So the Tadeum is a powerful prayer because it echoes the prayer of the angels before the throne of the living God. And so again, I've seen this in action. You know, one time we had a case, and and you know the exorcist was like, "Hey, listen, you're the." Uh, you're the hillbilly in the group. Go pick a fight, right? So okay. So I take the Tadeum and I hold it up against the, the the person's ears to listen to the Tadeum, and then and they fix their gaze upon the the picture of the local bishop listening to the Tadeum, caused an absolute instant 
complete and total instant manifestation. Instantaneously, the demon manifests and began to appropriate the person's body in a very angry and distorted way. The next week, we go back to the same case. I thought, well, I'm going to play the, play the Deus Irae with the Day of Wrath, right? And I play it, and I get this snarky look from the demon. He looks at me like, right, yeah, yeah sure, that's not going to work today. So it didn't work. So I, I was thinking about, like, what happened? So I, again, I look at the music, and I realized that Deus Irae that I used was from the Westminster Choir. These were not this was not monastic. It's not the song. It's where it flows from, the heart of the church, monastic mm -hmm. life. This was just some beautiful choir of lay people, married people, and whatever. This wasn't virginal monastic prayer, oh. and the demon could tell the difference. The wow. demon knows the difference. So, so praise and worship is great, you know what I mean? But we've got some. We've 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 got a bigger weapon. We've got big guns. When you're out there, play pray that music. You can you don't need to blast it. Low level is all you need. But anyway, I know I picked up on that, and I read the story. Don't mean to. Don't mean to give TMI here. <laughs> well, here's uh, what the article ends up by saying. It says this. Um, well, we've witnessed, we have never witnessed the level of evil as is taking place before the Supreme Court and in the District of Columbia right now. Satan worshipers have covered sidewalks with black magic ritual circles and candles, performing yeah, yeah. their dark incantations near midnight most evenings, half-burnt candles and other garbage of active witchcraft lay scattered on the public places around the court. I'm going to ask you, Dan, on the next segment, what is the significance of black magic ritual circles? The, why do they use candles? And uh, what are incantations and uh, these half-burnt candles? That's what we'll talk about next as it relates to witchcraft. Stick around. Wednesday War College, Jess Romero, Dan Schneider. You know, I, I've known Dan for well over 20 years. We kind of lost track of each other. We reconnected back in 2019 and uh, seeing that Dan is a well, a boatload of information. I had to twist his arm and say, dude, you got to start doing a podcast with me because uh, people need this information. So, you know, Dan wanted to just be incognito, just kind of, you know, be a scholar and just hide out in his little basement and study all day, you know, just but be I, happy. Oh, yeah, 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 be happy. I said, no, 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 no. It's it's time for you to uh, to go, uh, uh, you know, full contact Catholicism here. So uh, if anybody's wondering, man, how did this guy get Dan Schneider? Uh, well, God, thanks be to God, we reconnected and uh I convinced him that people need to hear what he has to say. Dan thinks what he says is, is everybody knows it. Nobody knows this stuff. And uh, Dan and Kyle Clements are probably the most literate, well-informed lay Catholics on planet Earth when it comes to Catholic spiritual warfare from an authentic Catholic perspective. So what a blessing that, that either Dan or Kyle or both are on on Wednesdays. Dan, let me, let me sh share these two sentences. This is chilling. Imagine a bunch of old ladies in front of an abortion clinic. This is why it's yeah. important for guys to be out there. Yeah, this absolutely. is why it's important for men to be out there. Look at what she writes here. This is just chilling. She says, Satan worshipers have covered sidewalks with black magic, ritual circles and candles, performing their dark incantations near midnight most evenings. Half-burnt candles and other garbage of active witchcraft lay scattered on the public spaces around the court. Meanwhile, 
one man who had the attire and appearance of a horror movie warlock targeted senior ladies quietly praying for the lives of the unborn. The warlock would, would crowd one woman at a time, making the sign of Satan over the woman's head. See, if, if a guy was there, that wouldn't happen. Because I'm telling you, Dan, um, it'd be hands-on at this point if he tried to touch any woman in my presence. Uh, I, oh, well, are you going to go to jail? Maybe. No, no thug warlock is going to put his hands on a Catholic woman in my presence. I don't know the laws in, on Capitol Hill in D.C., but that's not happening. I'm going to react because I know... In most of the states, there's what you call self-defense laws. So at the very least, I'd say, get your hands off, and I would push him hard in his chest and push him about 10 feet back. Look at what he, look at what he did after this, and I want you to comment. As he made the sign, guttural growls and a language our staff could not understand issued from his throat as he spat his demonic curses over the woman. One by one, he, cr- he tried to corner them and curse them. So the, the, the writer says... With all the years, with all the years on Capitol Hill, and all the protests she's witnessed, Peggy's generally unflappable. But when the warlock began stalking senior women to issue his demonic curses, she says an almost palpable feeling of darkness rose in the air. Dan, I have never seen that. I've been in abortion clinics for years, but I've never seen this type of confrontation. I've generally seen when you have the pro aborts. Maybe they'll be sprinkled with some, some, some anarchists. They'll be across the street. We're never on the same sidewalk. It's different now, Dan. These guys yeah, come across, they, and they're co-mingling. Yeah, they might send – there's always somebody there to uh, to flash the horns and curse the, the protesters. There's always – there's always some kook will show up and do some kind of sage cleansing and kind of you know paraliturgical thing. But I think they're realizing that they're losing the battle. Um, and so they're 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 bringing out bigger guns. These guys that you see, you would rarely see. These guys were the ones that were working behind the scenes, um, and now you're starting to see them come out because, again, the sacrament of you know what what um, uh, you know the the, the inversion the of the sacrament. Yeah, it's the, the Eucharist. Sacrament. This is my body, right? Christ says, "This is my body given for you." And what is the mantra? Of, of these people, this is my body. You can't tell me what to do with it, you know, unless you tell me to put a mask on, then, you know, or inject it with something, then you can tell me what to do with it. But when it comes to killing my baby, you, this is my body, right? So so what you see, though, is, uh, you know, the church's principle of of sacramentality, that what, what, again, going back to Irenaeus, what God assumed he redeemed, and God assumed humanity and all of creation, right? There's been a, a total divination, if you will, of, of, of the created order right now. God now is present among us eucharistically in the church, but God also uses matter. This is what St. Ambrose has been, has been saying in the second reading of the Office of Readings for the last week, how God uses matter in the case of water, oil, etc. That's ordinary, but it now conveys divine power. And now matter now is conveying grace. And this is the under, our understanding of the sacraments, right? It's through that real ontological change. The indelible mark of baptism is brought about by ordinary water. Ambrose says, when you look at the priest, don't look at, don't judge him by human standards, but look at the office, he says. It's through the office that he has now the authority and the power to convert 
the same stuff that we bathed in this morning or drank uh, uh, water in the morning or took a shower or a bath, that same earthly substance now conveys divine power. It becomes holy water. And so the same thing, the, the, the principle is the inanimate agency, uh, objects become the inanimate agency of divine or cosmic power okay so so these things can convey power this is all a diabolical inversion of true religion of what is of what is what we practice what god established in the roman catholic church and so everything that that these guys do the use of of candles the use of feathers other objects the sitting in the circle the tone actually if you understand uh, um, the tone intonation, right? When when the gate when Gabriel went to the Virgin Mary, uh, um, it says that uh, or uh, or sorry when 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 Elizabeth at the visitation it says that she shouted out, right? Well, the the, the Greek word is she intoned the same word of intonation of the virgins who sung and danced before the Ark of the Covenant. Wow! The same intonation. And so the, the sacred sacred chant, not just chanting or not just songs about God, but sacred chant before the throne of God at a certain pitch, a certain sound, a certain all this has meaning, certain directions, a certain the, the posture, all this stuff. We know this instinctively, especially if you go to the traditional Latin mass, you see this. So the diabolic is an inversion of that. The circles, the directions that they move when they when they do the rituals, whether it's pipe smoking or or drinking and bibing of, of cursed objects or whatever, the, the the sound, the pitch, everything is exact and precise. And, and here we are as Roman Catholics, all sloppy up there, right? Susan from Paris Council's up there, moving around like she's setting setting the table for for you know Thanksgiving dinner. This is sacred space, and this is the way the angels see it, and this is the way. And so they're just doing a diabolic inversion of the Roman Catholic ritual based on the principle that God conveys power through material objects because of the incarnation. So now they're doing it in an inverted way. So the setting up the circles, the using of cursed symbols, all of these other objects, they all have meaning to try to open up a portal, which is a pathway, a, a, an open door to hell to unleash more demons into the space. Wow. Wow. Phenomenal, amazing. Yep, it's it's never the imitation of the Islamic religion or the Jewish religion or the Protestant religion. It's the imitation, the parody of the Catholic faith, liturgy, worship, and prayer. Yeah. Then I want yeah, to move on. They're not sending out a guy in a, in a suit with a, with a mic, mic'd up with a suit, Protestant pastor, maybe with a doctoral stole. You know what I mean? And out there and with a cup of coffee doing doing their version of praise and worship. No, they're mimicking and mirroring the cosmic elements of the liturgy of the Roman Catholic Church, because this is where power is poured into the world. Grace pours into the world through seven principal means, and those are the seven sacraments of the Roman Catholic Church. The demon is constantly, if you look at, at, at if you look at um, Levian Satanism, they call themselves the church. They have seven sacraments. They have their own version of confirmation. Wow. Everything is complete and diabolically inverted. Wow. Then I want to talk about something else here, just move on to another topic. There's an article written here by a guy named John who has a website called Hog, HogwartsProfessor.com. I don't know if he's a Christian, a Protestant, Catholic, a secular humanist. Uh, he says he's a Ph.D. student. And he wrote an article called J.K. Rowling Sports Alchemical Tattoo. So you can see J.K. Rowling's the author of the Harry Potter series. You can see a picture of her 
And she has a tattoo on her right hand. The tattoo says Solve Coagula. It's under under on the underside of her right wrist. Uh, Solve Coagula. Now, here's what's what's interesting. If people are saying, okay, well, so what does that mean? Well, the the word Solve Coagula. This is a word that's also it's uh, it, it actually means dissolve and coagulate. It's a Latin phrase associated with medieval alchemy, but today it denotes occult practice and ritual. So that's kind of a dog whistle. I think she's letting people know that she's, again, she's involved in some in the, in the occult. But uh, more so, the word salve et coagula, Archbishop Carlo Maria Vigano, he wrote a letter to President Trump and he kind of did a deep dive on this. He uh, on June seventh, two thousand and twenty, he wrote to to President Trump, and he said this. He says, uh, "Solve et coagula is a Masonic adage. It's a maxim or motto of alchemy, which means dissolve and coagulate. It means you. It means that something must be broken down before it can be built up. It means that something must." Be broken down before it can, uh, yeah. For this reason, he, I believe that the attack to which you were subjected to after your visit to the National Trine of St. John Paul II is part of an orchestrated media narrative which seeks not to fight racism and bring social order. Let me get right to the, he says, um, he says, it is disconcerting that there are bishops such as those whom I recently denounced who by their words prove that they're aligned on the opposite side. They're subservient to the deep state, to globalism, to aligned thought, to the new world order, which they invoke ever more frequently in the name of a universal brotherhood, which has nothing to do with with Christianity, but which invokes the Masonic ideals of those who want to dominate the world by driving God out of our courts, out of schools, out of families, and perhaps even churches. So I want to talk a little bit about, uh, again, Salve Coagula. We've got to break down in order so we can build up. I want to get your take on that. We'll be right back. War College. Wednesday War College, Jess Romero, Dan Schneider. Again, it doesn't surprise me that J.K. Rowling, the author of the Harry Potter series, would have a Masonic tattoo on her right arm. Uh, this is, you know, this is confirmed that this is a this is a Masonic adage, a Masonic tattoo, a Masonic symbol by Archbishop Carlo Maria Vigano and many others. Also, the uh, the demon Baphomet, who we reject, rebuke, and renounce in Jesus' name. There's Baphomet statues sold in Walmart. I've seen them. And the the Baphomet statue, I couldn't believe it because I read it on the internet. So I, when I went to Walmart, I looked myself. Uh, on the on the Baphomet statues, on on the carved onto the hands in Walmart, are the uh, is the is that Mac, is that um, Masonic adage, Salve et Coagula on the Baphomet statues, on carved onto the hands in Walmart. Uh, then my, my comment is, uh, I mean, if, if you're, if you're not, 
I'm not saying that she's a Satanist. I'm not saying she's a witch. I'm just saying a couple of things. She's got a couple of strikes against her in my book that make me believe that, again, she's an occultist. That's all I would say about her. She's an occultist. Number one, she wrote the Harry Potter books, which, you know, glorifies witchcraft. Number two, she has a Masonic tattoo on her wrist. Number three, she admitted a long time ago, and it's in this article, that she wrote books. Oh, no, it's not in this article. It's in uh, uh, Father Ripperger's on YouTube. He said this, that J.K. Rowling's admitted that when she wrote the Harry Potter books, she did it through automatic writing. And by the way, if anybody has saved the video from YouTube because they took it down where she made this admission, please send it to me, jesseromero.com, jesseromero.com. If anybody has the video of J.K. Rowling's admitting that she wrote the uh, Harry Potter books in automatic writing, please send it to me, jesseromero.com, please. Father Ripperger has a video where he said this because he said he saw it, and he told me that when he moved from Oklahoma to Colorado, he lost the hard drive in the movie. He goes, I don't know where that hard drive is at. But the last thing is, she also admitted, and it's in this article that I have in front of me, she was asked during the BBC Radio's The Museum of Curiosities 2019 Christmas Special. So she was asked this question by the, by the, uh, by the journalist. She said, by the BBC journalist. They said... Uh, Mrs. Rowling, you get some flack in the States, I think, because people say it's satanic. J.K. Rowling's responded, well, it is, John. It is satanic. And I think that now is the, right, is, is the night to say it. Thank you for enabling me to say that at, least, at last. It's a great relief and a liberation. I have to say, I have a PR person here with me tonight. She's sitting with her head in her hands at the moment. So in my book, Dan... I mean, I hope she comes to Christ one day, a conversion. But in my book, she's an occultist, and her books have done a lot of damage. What say you, Dan? Yeah, yeah. So I just had a couple observations. Number one, what you know, again, everything diabolic is an inversion of the sacred. Uh, why that? Why Why? Why does she just write? tear down and build back up. Why does she have to do it in Latin? Again, the Latin language is a sacred language. It's the language, it's one of the three sacred languages, Latin, Greek, and Hebrew, but it's the language of the Roman Catholic Church. It's our official language. Our documents are still promulgated in the Latin language. May the great uh, uh, Reginald Foster, Father Reginald Foster, who died in the last couple of years during COVID, may he rest in peace on the greatest Latinist of the modern age. So, so Latin, number one. Number two, think of the, again, the word salvo, uh, to loose and release, set free, this is the same word absolvo to absolvo is what we hear when we go to confession. I absolve you of your sins yeah. to loosen. It's it's the ob. It means to be from or emphatic. I deeply and truly free you from where we get the word solvent where dissolve comes from detach untie. So when you hear this stuff about the great reset, about this undermining uh, of, of finances, culture, remember the, the mantra against cross and crown. This is what they're set up against, against cross and crown. It's destruction of, of holy order as well as secular order as we as we know it. Um, so going back again to, say, to, 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 uh, to Harry Potter, I know a lot of parents get kickback on this. We get kickbacks from Catholic apologists on this. Um, but this is what Pope Benedict said before he was a pope, back when he was the prefect uh, um, of the promulgation of the faith. 
He says, it's good that you enlighten people about Harry Potter because those are subtle seductions, uh, which act unnoticed by this deeply, but this deeply distort Christianity and the soul before it can grow properly. So at the age where a child, now this is again, a different perspective, but the age where the child is most open to the holy, the age where Therese, uh, we celebrated the, the, the feast day of her parents yesterday, St. Therese, a little flower, um, when she receives her vocation, that openness to the vocation, that openness to the other, that openness to the sacred, that openness to God. At that age, this, what Benedict called the subtle seduction of white magic that lures them away and takes all that holy, pure, virginal desire for God at the age when we were supposed to respond to God and receive God in faith and the sacraments, right, and grow in our union with God. That's the moment that we get this seductive voice of Harry Potter that's, mm -hmm. that draws our children away. So that's it's an often un, 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 unlooked. But, I mean, Father Gabriel Amorth, you can look it up. He's very was very vocal. Um, this isn't just Jesse and Dan, a couple of a couple of a couple of rad trads out there that are bad mouthing Harry Potter and, and fear. Not at all. Let's teach the Roman Catholic faith first before we reject it outright, before we start grasping for yoga and we start grasping for, for centering prayer and all these Eastern forms. Let's embrace true absolve, true absolution from our sins, because that's what Christ did. Behold, I make all things new. He was the original salve et coagula. This is a mockery of the incarnation of Christ. Only in and through Christ do we find true absolution and true coagulation in and through his church. Well, let me quote to you two heavy, three heavyweights here backing up everything that Dan... Dan's a heavyweight. He's got a PhD, so Dan's a heavyweight. So here's... I'm going to add three more to the mix. I just found the article. It says, Vatican's chief exorcist repeats condemnation of Harry Potter novels. Uh, Father Gabriel Amorth, uh, the chief exorcist for the Diocese of Rome, and Cardinal Joseph Ratzinger, who became Pope Benedict, both have condemned the Harry Potter series. I've got the article here. It's called Vatican's Chief Exorcist Repeats Condemnation of Harry Potter Novels. Also, I found the YouTube link where Father Ripperger, here's what he says. He stated in a lecture, he says, The evidence that Rowling admitted to using automatic writing has been expunged from the Internet. Uh... Father Ripperger says automatic writing is diabolical. So again, he he, uh, he says that he saw it himself in a video. Yeah. Again, it's, it's, it's a mockery of what? The principle of inspiration uh, of the writers of the of the scriptures, right? The New Testament, the Gospels, St. Paul, how they how how it, it's it's an inversion. It's 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 what we used to be called dictation. Um, but the language has changed, and now we call it inspiration. And God didn't dictate, and 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 Saint Matthew was up there going, "All right, Lord, hold on, wait, you're talking too fast." No, He gave of Himself in a completely human way, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, to write down the words and deeds of Jesus Christ for all generations. This is the gospel. This is the writing of Saint Paul. And version of that, God using humanity to spread the gospel, to unite humanity, to coagulate humanity. Under the church, under Christ, he. This is now divine, divine. I mean, this is a mockery of divine inspiration and automatic writing. Is 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 someone who was under the influence of Satan? Only somebody under the influence uh, of a diabolic spirit could do automatic writing, including some of the founding of some religions. 
Mormonism to be one of them it was founded yeah. under automatic writing. Dan, you know, in, in the Catholic Islam faith, is another one. Yeah, that's right. In the Catholic faith, we used to have the notion of being able to discern the clean from the unclean. Yeah, I would say after the sixties, after the sixties, Dan, we lost that. Th- that became very blurry because you can see the moral theology manuals before the sixties. Like I'm looking at one right now. Uh, Moral Theology, Father Herbert Joan, 10 books, 1961. It says in uh, number, number 238, literature, it is a mortal sin to read bad books. Even though they're not entirely immoral, such literature uh, may be read, however, in order to acquire the necessary knowledge. Uh, another one. From the same book, Moral Theology, books forbidden by the common law of the church are books which teach or approve of superstition, fortune-telling, divination, magic, spiritism, and other practices. The moral manuals, Dan, before the 60s were very precise. They've become imprecise right now, and that's why you have a lot of people arguing in parishes. Yeah, yeah, I bought the whole whole series. All my kids are reading it. Again, let me just quote one more, and then I'll get you on your take. Sister Josefa Menendez, she wrote a book, it's called The Way of Divine Love, uh, and she had a vision of hell. Here's what she said, March 22nd, 1923. This is shocking. Sister Josefa, on her return from hell, wrote the following quote, I saw several souls fall into hell, and among them was a child of 15, cursing her parents for not having taught her to fear God, nor that there was a hell. Her life had been a short one, she said, but full of sin, for she had been given in but for she had given in to all that her body and passions demanded in the way of satisfaction, especially she had read bad books, close quote. A 15-year-old girl's in hell in part because she read bad books and that led her to a life of following her passions. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it goes back to what Cardinal Ratzinger, then Cardinal Ratzinger, uh, Bishop, uh, I mean, um, Pope Benedict said, the subtle seduction which un, act unnoticed and by this de- and by this deeply distort Christianity in the soul before it can grow properly. So it's the subtle it's it's the subtleties. Learn good books. Read good books. Read the the original authors. Read Teresa of Avila, uh, John of the Cross. Read the Rule of Saint Benedict. Re- read the the Saint John Eudes. Read Alphonsus Liguori. Uh, re- read the saints. This is our. Uh, uh, this is our patrimony. Yeah. This is our inheritance as Catholics. Let's get to know this. Let's get to know tradition because I really, truly, with all my heart, believe this, that it's only through a return to tradition, to the traditional practices and, tr- and the traditional prayer and and and, and what, what I've lovingly termed smash mouth Catholicism. It's going to be through smash mouth Catholicism that we're going, that we're going to bring back the kingdom of God. We're going to, we're going to fight back with, with the ancient weapon, with the ancient weapon of smash mouth Catholicism. <laughs> That's a wrap. Just remember, Dan Schneider, we're signing off. We are EOW end of watch. I hope you enjoyed the show. We sure enjoyed uh, sharing this information with you on the occult, Harry Potter, witchcraft. Hey, stay close to Jesus. Stay close to Mary. Pray rosaries every day. Live in a state of grace. If you're if you're in mortal sin right now, run to confession. Up next, Gary Machuda, hands-on apologetics, coming to you from the Midwest Command Center. As for us. We're out. God bless you. Keep the faith.